Welcome to the Present Fathers Podcast. This is the show that focuses on climbing the mountain of fatherhood together. Our mission is to help fathers be present by sharing valuable ideas and concepts that will equip men to be the best father possible. Being a good father is hard work, but it is so vitally important. We believe that dads matter, and that's why this podcast is for you. So gear up, dads, and get ready. It's time to start climbing. Hello and welcome to the Present Fathers Podcast. Today is a very special episode for several reasons. Uh, number one, it's almost Christmas, and this marks our very first Christmas as a podcast uh, together, so we're super excited for that. Um, as you can see, we're a little bit festive tonight, and uh, we're also very excited because Scott Hinchelwood has joined us tonight um, to share his story and talk uh, not just about fatherhood, but what he does uh, with St. Jude, and um, we're also very thrilled to uh, take this opportunity to kind of, in the spirit of Christmas, um, set aside some time to uh, consider donating to a very uh, charitable organization that does outstanding work. And, um, you know, what better way to, to have a wholesome Christmas episode than with Scott as our guest. So um, Scott only has limited time, so I'd actually just like to really just jump right in this tonight and let him get going. Um, afterwards, we'll we'll kind of ramble about our lives and how things are going and what we plan for the holidays. So um, I'm obviously joined by the regular crew. We have the full party tonight. And uh, Scott, without further ado, why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about um, your early childhood and your experience as a patient at St. Jude, and then how you've you know transitioned into now working for the organization as a professional. Perfect. No, thank you guys for having me. You know, it's, it's an honor to be here. Um, no, so I, uh, when I was 15 years old, I just happened to be moving, uh, living in Memphis. Uh, we had moved out here a couple years before that from North Carolina. Dad got a job. We moved out here, and uh, I was a uh, you know, towards the end of my freshman year in, in high school, uh, had a sore ankle, but I was playing basketball. So, you know, everything hurt at different times. So I would come home after school for months and I would ice my foot down and um, I would wear an ankle brace all the time. I always had one of those little lace up ankle braces I wore. And um, I limped for, you know, a couple months. And finally, um, by, by late in the spring, my mom was like, okay, we really need to go to the doctor. You've been limping forever. Um, so on May 1st of 1990, uh, we went to a, uh, an orthopedic here in town uh, it was actually a guy we knew from church. Uh, and, you know, I remember walking in and then him saying, OK, we're going to get an x-ray, see if you strain some ligaments. And my first thought was, oh, cool. If I get a cast, I get out of class early and somebody has to tell your <laughs> books. And I mean, you know, the hashtag real talk. And yeah. um, he uh, he did the x-ray. And, and yeah, I'll never forget. He, he, you know, I was 15 years old. He came back in the room and he was a real jovial guy and he wasn't jovial anymore. And, he said, I need you to get your dad. And so my dad was sitting out in the lobby. And so uh, dad came in and he put the the x-ray up on the screen and, you know, said, hey, guys, I, I found a tumor. Uh, I have already talked to uh, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Uh, and you guys have to be there at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. I think it's osteosarcoma, which is the most common form of bone cancer in children, typically found in teenagers. Um, so I... Uh, you know, it, it's funny. My parents and I have talked about it, you know, since then, obviously. I, I, I didn't panic or, 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 you know, obviously I knew what was going on. Um, they, they talked about how they didn't sleep all night. Uh, and, and, I, and 
people always say, well, did you know about St. Jude? And I, I guess I did. I, you know, I didn't, you know, I knew it was a building downtown. I think we'd driven by them on I-40 before, but I don't think I knew much about St. Jude or uh, anything about that. So, but I do remember May 2nd of 1990 walking into the original star-shaped building that, that was the original hospital uh, back then. And uh, I remember seeing a little bald girl in the lobby and thinking, oh, poor girl's sick. You know, I'm, I'm fine. It's just this little thing in my ankle. It'll be fine. And so over the next week, they did all the tests. They did all the, I called them all the alphabet tests. It was x-ray, MRI, CT, uh, all the scans they did. Uh, and then by the end of the week or the first of the next week, they did a biopsy where they actually put me to sleep and, uh, you know, did a biopsy on the tumor. Um, and within a few days, it came back as osteosarcoma. Now, the, the good news with osteo is that um, it might have to spread. Typically, if osteosarcoma spreads, uh, the survival rate plummets a great deal. Uh, and typically, it goes to the lungs. Uh, mine was in my lower left ankle. Uh, it had not spread. It was a little bit bigger than a golf ball, but smaller than a baseball. Um, and uh, I started on chemotherapy by the middle of May of 1990. I uh, um, started, you know, within the first week or two, I remember losing my hair. And um, I remember like at first, I, the, the roots of my hair kind of hurt. And then by the next day, you could literally just like pull clumps out. Um, and uh, I actually had my neighbor across the street, buddy of mine come over and we sat on the back deck and he shaved my head. He thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, and then, uh, so I, I continued on chemo uh, through about the end of May and they set us down and had a, had a real conversation saying, hey, with the location of your tumor, uh, the only way for us to, to get the tumor out is to do a baloney amputation uh, of your left leg. So, wow. um, you know, I, I was a basketball player. So that was, you know, that was what I was hoping. I mean, not what I was hoping, I should say. I mean, I was, you know, wanted to, you know, wanted to play basketball. It's what I love to do. It's what I'd done since I was a kid and I was, you know, halfway decent at it. I mean, six foot two, you know, white guys make the NBA all the time. Why not me? Um, <laughs> so that was my hope. But um, the, the doctors were, were great and, uh, they immediately introduced me to a physical therapist and, and uh, she basically told me, you know, it's up to you. If you want to walk again and, and run and play basketball, you we're going to give you a prosthetic to do it. Just you got to set your mind to it. So they did the surgery on June 27th of that year. And uh, luckily for me, it, it went well. There was no complications. And uh, it took until uh, that November before I was able to walk without any kind of brace or a crutch or, or anything like that. But I continued on chemo that whole time and, and that, that was not fun. I mean, that was a um, bunch of different drugs and, and, you know, terrible feelings and blood counts plummeting and being sick a lot and just, you know, not feeling well. So fast forward to March of 91, I, I got my last chemotherapy. The cancer had not returned. Um, and so um, luckily for me, with it not returning, I was able to come back every, they started bringing me back, it was every six weeks at first. And then I think it was like every three months I would go back for, for the checkups. And then, um, you know, they kept, you know, just kind of kept in touch. And then as we got to about the 10 year mark, so in about 2000, they they released me as a patient. And they said, listen, you know, we, we've done all we can for you. We're going to keep following you for the rest of your life. And um, we really want you to, you know, go forth and prosper. And so uh, by that point, though, I, I'd actually come back and started working uh, for ALSAC, which is the fundraising and awareness arm of St. Jude. So when I was after I got done with treatment, I went, you know, finished up high school and then went to college, got a degree in PR uh, and then I uh, started working for St. Jude right out. I got married and uh, moved to Louisville, Kentucky to work for St. Jude all in 
all in 10 days there. And uh, make a long story short, we were in Louisville for about a year with St. Jude and transferred back to Memphis and uh, been here ever since. Um, we, uh, you know, started started um, working for them in the, on, the, on the fundraising side. So uh, back then, my job was to cover a four or five state region. I went around and did multiple fundraising events, golf tournaments, working with radio stations to raise money, um, some galas and dinners. We even used to do the old capture for kids where we'd come arrest you at work and make you get on a cell phone and raise $500 to get out of jail at the local car dealership. We'd have some old lady, <laughs> like a judge, that would sentence you to $500 before you could get back to work. That's funny. And so, yeah, it was um, so all of that. And then uh, in about 2009, St. Jude opened up the life study. So this is where uh, St. Jude wanted to um, look at the long term survivors. There were more and more of us walking out alive and their concern was, all right, well, they're alive. But what what do we know about the treatments they got? Because all of these, you know, uh, you know, adults now were treated uh, <clears throat> as kids. And so now they're they're living longer and, and, and we need to know what kind of side effects they're having. So they started bringing us back. I go back every three or four years now for a full workup. I'm there for a better part of a week. Wow. Um, and so they look at long-term side effects that I can take back to, to share with my personal doctor. They worry about my heart. They worry about uh, my kidneys. Uh, I lost some hearing on chemo, so I don't hear crickets. Uh, I don't hear watches beep and I like an allow cafeteria environment. I really have to focus on what we're saying. Um, and I'm really bad at the whisper game. Uh, and, and I only hear my wife when I want to, and she'll back me up on that. So, Same. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, so from there, I, so now for the last, um, better part of the last decade, I'm on the music and audio team here at St. Jude. So we work with <clears throat> a lot of country music, a lot of country radio stations okay. around the country. And, uh, we fundraise with, with two day events and we, we actually just had our, you know, we had a hundred events so far this month. We wrapped up, uh, Friday night down in Houston. And then, uh, so we work with a lot within the industry. And then we, we also work with Spanish radio, some rock stations, as well as um, some of our urban partners as well. So I love what I do. I get to go out and, and, and share uh, my story and, um, you know, work for the place that saved my life. And there's more and more of us walking out alive every day because of what St. Jude's doing. We treat kids regardless of race, race, creed, religion, or ability to pay. And we cover everything. So we take care of, uh, a lodging, meals, travel, and all the medical costs. So um, all the donations that we get go into to treating uh, kids and their families so that no child uh, dies in the dawn of life is what, what Danny Thomas said, our founder. Um, so I'm, I'm blessed to be part of that. I'm blessed to be here. And uh, I, I know that. And um, I'm married with three kids of my own. So um, I'm, I love what I do. And I love, I've got a great life. I can't, like I said, I'm blessed. That's yeah. nothing, I can't say it any other way than that. Uh, well, yeah, what an incredible uh, story, Scott. You know, I uh, a lot of times you hear all the negatives of cancer. It's, it's nice to hear one where you know you have a family now. You obviously lived a, a pretty long life already, um, and and you're paying it forward too. So thank you for for uh, coming on and sharing your story. Um, I guess my my first question would be um, kind of just how talk through how challenging it was. You know, you're an athlete, and then you had to to give you know, lose your leg. And um, obviously your life is going to be way different, um, you know, aside from just having to survive the cancer. Um, you know, as a teenager, I, I can only imagine that's got to be a pretty um, challenging mental hurdle to come over. Um, yeah, how, it was. How did that shape you? Yeah, no. I, and I think one of the things it did for me, and you'll probably laugh when I say this, I was much more introverted. Um, I think when I was diagnosed and 
when you go through it and, and, you know, it, it, you know, I changed a little bit. I became certainly more outgoing, more extroverted. Um, I, uh, I think from the middle side of me, you know, it takes a little bit out of you, but you also realize, you know, I'm bald and I've got one leg and everybody's going to stare at you and you no matter what. Um, and, and you kind of get through that. And then I had a great support system. I, you know, had a great church support system, great family, uh, great friends at school. Um, my girlfriend then is now my wife. So, um, all of those things. So, um, all of that is, uh, um, you know, I I think what helped me get through it. I mean, St. Jude was great too. I mean, obviously they have all the support there for you. I, not, not only with, um, you know, they, they're social workers you can talk to and things like that, but I, uh, um, I think a lot of the other patients I met, there were three of us diagnosed the same or four of us counting me. Um, there was a boy from Mississippi uh, with osteo. There was a girl from Louisiana with osteo. And there was another boy from Egypt with osteo. And his dad was a Christian preacher from Egypt. And he'd come over to the U.S. for treatment. And as you might imagine, language was quite the barrier there. But um, we would get together and they would pray for me in Egyptian and uh, we would we would do the best we could uh, to communicate with one another this is way before cell phone and the Google Translate. Right. There was a lot of pointing and, um, and hand gestures, but uh, but he all, all four of us survived our cancers and <clears throat> we're all all doing well today. So that's awesome. Um, so before I ha- ask my second question, I think uh, you need to take a minute and and show off your uh, your your pretty awesome Christmas sweater. Right, there. right. So I've got a I've got my sweater here. It says Oh Snap. And then on the back, it says bite me. And it is a uh, one-legged gingerbread man. I don't know if I can get in the camera enough to get it all on here. But uh, my mom's <laughs> out here. I can, uh, I can um, put you full screen here. Hang absolute on. Absolute legend. <laughs> How do I, hang on. Always been my dream is to have been full screen. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to hang on. I'm, I'm struggling with this one. Hang on. <laughs> no, good. not me. <laughs> not me. Here we go. How do I get out of this? Oh, that, oh you had me. Oh, no, you had it. You had it. Here we go. Let me do this, and then let's try it. So there we go. Yeah, there yeah. there so we go. Like, that so is awesome. Gingerbread man. So <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it is awesome. uh, one of my prides and joys. My mom found it for me. It's one of those calls. Your mom calls like, I need you to come over. I got something for you. And you're like, and she lives like 10 or 15 minutes away. So it's not far, but it's also like, if you're not planning on driving out there. You're like, mom, this better be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, so back, bring it back to a serious topic. Um, I, I'm also curious on how did this experience, you know, relatively early in your life, uh, now shape you as a father? Um, you know, I, I would imagine that you had a, uh, yeah. as soon as you had your first child, I, I can imagine that you had a, a, a very serious grasp on on really how short life can be. Um, no, no that about it. There, there, were, there were some patients that didn't make it. The kids I knew that that didn't survive. Um, and so, yeah, I think when you when you become a father, you um, you know, it means more, you know, how precious life is and, you know, uh, to live every moment. Because, uh, you know, even when my daughter, Caroline, who's 22 now, was was, was born, um, she was, you know, um, she had no major health problems. And, and, and back then she has Crohn's now. But I mean, um, my, my middle daughter is doing well. Ashlyn is uh, 20 now and uh, my son's 18. But when he was born, he got sent to the NICU because he had real bad acid reflux that was keeping him from breathing. So we brought him home on all the monitors and all the other stuff. So yeah, no, I think from a father perspective, yeah, you, one, you realize how blessed you are to, to grow up and have kids because some people that uh, some of my fellow patients who were treated, uh, some of their treatments uh, kept them from having kids of their own. Uh, a lot of them had to adopt or, or do other things. Um, but, but I was blessed that 
um, you know, we've had three healthy kids and all are, all are doing well. Awesome. Well, Scott, uh, I'll pause and let everyone else kind of kick in now. But uh, just I, I'm really impressed by your story, obviously. And, uh, you know, praise God that you not only survived, but you, you've lived a full life now and have your own family. And uh, and thank you for the work that you do, uh, you know, helping kind of pay it forward and making sure that other kids today can uh, can overcome it. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, love, I love what I do. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, right, thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm. I, I was reading um, when we went up there, we had dropped off some gifts one year after the St. Jude Marathon uh, to some of the kids. Uh, my wife and I had some extra time and we were looking at the shrine. And guys, uh, if you ever get a chance and you're in the Memphis area, visit St. Jude, but visit the shrine. It's 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 so humbling and beautiful. And it talked about how after six decades, you guys' survival rates for children's like 94 percent, which is yep. just incredible. Um, so, you know, there, I have kind of a two part question. Your dad, you said your dad was in the waiting room and came into the room when the doctor had to give you the bad news. So, um, your dad being present, what did that, how did that affect you as far as your fight and your cancer? And then now that you're a dad, what kind of advice would you give to dads that have to have the unfortunate news of their children having a a cancer diagnosis? Oh, um, I, you know, having dad there, obviously it was, it was a relief just, uh, you know, he handled it with a deep breath and, you know, he, we, I guess we talked about it a little bit. Um, like I said, I think we were both kind of processing in our own ways. Um, you know, we, we both, I guess, held out hope that the doctor was wrong, if you will. I mean, you know, um, like, Hey, we'll go into St. Jude the next day. They'll, they'll see it and say, Oh, it's just a benign tumor or whatever. Um, and so, uh, you know, now as a parent, when I, you know, my kids have been through different things, not, not, not cancer, but thank goodness, but other things. And, um, you know, you, you have to, you know, listen to them and, and support them. And I, I think that's where I was blessed is that, you know, I was a, I was an annoying teenager. I was 15, 16 years old. That whole time I was going through it. I, I remember at one point I wanted to, I think I was a high school basketball game or something. I wanted to go watch and mm. my count were low and I wasn't supposed to be around people. And, um, I think it was probably late into my treatment. Like I'd been on treatment for a while. And I remember my dad finally kind of snapping and saying, you know what, if, if you was low counts and you were to catch something, you could die. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really, you know, as a 15, 16 year old, you kind of need that punch in the face every once in a while, just to not literally, but just to yep. kind of remind, you know, to kind of snap you back to reality to say, you know, this is serious. Like we're, we're, we're following the doctor's order here. We got to do this. <clears throat> And so it, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I, I think that was a big factor. And in fact, my physical therapist at the time who was there, Lola, um, I, you know, I was a 15 year old. And when I came in that first couple of days at St. Jude, she gave me crutches and she's like, why don't you let's not walk on your ankle. You can break it. Well, I was 15 years old and I knew a lot more than she did. Uh, so <laughs> a couple of days later, I came back by to see her. And she looked at my foot. And she said, you walked on that. And I was like, I mean, you know. And she lit into me, man. She 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 wasn't talking to a six year old. She was talking to a fifteen year old, and she let me know in very much uncertain terms that uh, she had told me not to walk on it. She could tell I've been walking on it. If I break the leg, it's going to screw up a lot of things. Can lead to a lot more problems. Um, so it was, uh, you know, I think it. I think you know, tough love sometimes can can help, and especially a real conversation. So as my kids have gone through things growing up, I think you listen to them and you listen to the doctors and, and you support them. And even if it's just laying there hugging them while they cry, I mean, mm. you know, it, it's not always easy uh, from your side or from there. So I think that's, that's what I would take away from it. 
Thank you. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, I know you work with some pretty cool people. <laughs> what yeah, if I, I, look, you man, I love, I love everybody I get to work with. We, we've got a great, great bunch. We've got some former patients on staff that, um, that, that I've gotten to know that have been through, uh, their own forms of cancer. And so, yeah, we've got, um, those folks and yeah, we, and then if you're, if you're talking on the, on the fundraising side, yeah, we've got, uh, uh, I've been blessed to meet a lot of celebrities. It's not an, I'm not a name dropper. I'm not trying to make it, but if you're, if you sing country music, I've probably met you at some point in the last 10 to 15 years. So we've been blessed with that and they've been wonderful to, to support the kids and help us in a lot of ways. That's good. Yeah. That's super cool. Anyone else, uh, questions, Dustin you look like you're itching. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we're pretty serious guys. You can tell from the uh, the sweater. So I've got uh, right. a relatively serious question. Right, well, I just think it's um, weird you wearing me around. I mean, that's whatever. whatever <laughs> I'm just yeah, scared right. of those guns. <laughs> he does live in Florida. So, you know. There you go. That's the excuse. Florida Florida man I saw him curling the whole time I was talking. Yeah. I thought it was weird. But... <laughs> You're just getting ready. Yeah. Yep. He's got a kettlebell right behind him. There you go. <laughs> um, so I know, uh, you know, when it comes to sudden cardiac death, uh, a simple EKG, you know, can rule out um, risks that uh, especially young boys have, you know, of dying on a football field, for example, um, without playing into too much, you know, WebMD, um, you know, fear of everything that could possibly happen. Do you have any um, advice for dads as far as basic things to look for? If you're seeing something kind of unusual in your child, can you think of a couple of things that, you know, are maybe worth um, looking at? Maybe go see your doctor if you're seeing any of these kinds of things in an otherwise healthy, you know, say 14 year old? Yeah, I would say this, you know, as a parent, um, you know, trust your gut. I mean, like we, you, you, if you've ever listened to some of our parents, you know, unfortunately tell their story of their, their child getting sick, it was, they'd gone to the doctor a few times and they were dismissed as, oh, well, it's just an infection or he strained a muscle or, or whatever, whatever that was. Um, and they, they kept saying it just didn't feel right to me that what my child wasn't acting right. And so, um, it, you know, most of those stories in with a parent demanding more tests and sure enough, they finally run an MRI, CT, whatever, whatever the test is. And, uh, it comes back with, with a mass or, or a blood cancer or whatever. Um, so I, I would, I would say this, yeah, if your uh, child is, is showing symptoms or you're not comfortable or something doesn't feel right, then, then ask for more. I mean, I, I definitely think, you know, that's one of the takeaways is somebody worked there for 25 years and been a, a cancer survivor for well more than 30 now is uh, trust your gut, especially as a parent. I mean, we, um, you know, taking my kids in, my, my son, um, you know, went in and uh, he had a sore knee and that's one of the, um, the knee is normally where they find osteosarcoma and he was right around the teenage years. So, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, you know, there, there were a lot of PTSD in there, I, you know, from my, yeah. my dad perspective. And it turns out he just had a, like a nerve that had, that had, kind of flared up or whatever. And they ended up having to kind of numb the nerve. But um, I, you know, I, I didn't hesitate to take him into the ortho. And even though, you know, in my head, I, there were all kinds of worries and fears. In fact, the doctor looked at me and once he looked at the medical history and said, dad, this isn't anything like what you had, you can take a deep breath. And yeah. I was like, that, that definitely helped. You bring up yeah. a good point though. Awesome. You know, it, it, you should err on the side of being pushy and like making sure because it's your kid, and at the end of the day, yeah, you're gonna make a doctor a little frustrated, but he'll probably never see you again if you're wrong, right? So right, right, um, and yeah, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you know, if, if, it, if one for your you know mental health and you help you sleep to, to run all the tests that need to be run, if especially if you especially if you've been before, like if you go in and say, hey, my child's limping or 
not doing this or there's these problems or bruising or whatever it may be and and nothing happens that visit or or you know you come back again you you know you really need to push for more um if it doesn't feel right the first time makes sense That's yeah good. absolutely um and then one quick follow-up question to that um since you were treated um, many years ago, what uh, what are some of the big changes that have happened in terms of detection and treatment um, that we might not know about? Well, I, I think for one, and this was sort of happening back then when I was going through, uh, they my, my tumor wouldn't allow for it now because mine was in my ankle, but with majority of osteos being found in the knee, they're doing a lot more limb salvage nowadays. So back in the 80s and even probably around my time in 1990, they were still doing above knee amputations a lot of ways. Um, in a lot of cases now, not in every case, but a lot of cases are actually able to go in and um, do a limb salvage where they remove the contaminated parts of the bone and the knee joint and they uh, put in a fake knee and, and a additional metal rods where the bones were and uh, the patient's able to keep their leg. Um, you know, oh. there, there are some challenges there as they grow, they'll have to lengthen it, things like that. But uh, in terms of, um, long-term survival, you know, they can, you know, they, they don't have quite the, the, the hindrances I do of, you know, when you uh, don't have a leg, you've got to put one on to go somewhere or, or you have to get crutches or a wheelchair or, or you better like hopping. So, um, you know, I think that, that, that's number one, uh, the treatments for, like, as you mentioned earlier, just looking at, at survival rates when St. Jude opened 60 years ago, it was 20% overall and it's 80% today, but, uh, you alluded to the 94%. So that goes back to, acute lymphoblastic leukemia, ALL, which is the most common form of childhood cancer. Uh, when we opened the door 60 years ago, uh, it was a 4% survival rate with the death wow. sentence. And so today that, that, that's at 94%. Um, you know, when, when Dr. Pinkle, when Danny Thomas asked Dr. Pinkle to be the first medical director, this guy's from Stanford, he's well-known, well-beloved. And they're like, hey, you want to come be the first director of the Children's Hospital we're opening in Memphis? We're going to try to cure childhood cancer. And all his colleagues laughed at him like, yo, man, you're just throwing your career away to mm. go chase childhood cancer. And nobody's going to be able to cure that. You know, you just make those kids comfortable till they pass away. And so um, I think that was, you know, kind of the starting point of we were lucky to have, um, you know, a, a director who came in and, and believed in um, trying to figure out what 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 we could do to. Uh, to, to eradicate childhood cancer or certainly improve the survival rates. And by the 70s, we were doing chemotherapy. And like I said, the survival rate now is over 80% for um, at, at St. Jude. So um, we're not there yet. Like as one mom said, if, if we're, we're four out of five make it, but if you're the mom of the one, it matters. Right. The most. Yeah. Yeah. Still incredible. What, what progress. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, I just had one question for you and it's pretty simple. So outside of, you know, financial, you know, donations, what are ways anybody can locally or like nationally contribute or, you know, I guess. Well, well number one, I would, I would say go on uh, sageu.org. You've got, you got scroll in there on the bottom and <clears throat> look for volunteer uh, opportunities within your area. If you're looking to put man hours in or, or help and, you know, plan an event or be at an event, do a walk. You know, we got marathons around the country or, or golf tournaments or whatever. Um, you know, certainly we um, have a, a list on Amazon as well that you can donate to some of the lodging facilities because we we put our patients up for for long periods here. We have uh, Tri Delta Place, which is kind of a hotel on campus for patients that are going to be there less than two weeks. So that's usually newly diagnosed or somebody back for a checkup, and it's you know a hundred room hotel just for our patients on campus. 
And then there are a couple other places that are longer term, like like Target House, um, which is and uh, it's an extended stay. It's two. It's a hundred bedroom apartment, hundred two bedroom apartments here in Memphis. Uh, and those, you know, everybody there is a St. Jude patient, and we have transportation to and from the hospital every day. But <clears throat> we give them meal cards and we take care of all their food and everything. But you know, they constantly need paper towels. Or right. there's also a toy list on there. So if you go to Amazon and look up St. Jude list and um, they, they can you know give you a list of things you can buy and ship in, whether it's paper towels or crayons or Legos or Barbies or whatever it is for, for our kids. Cause a lot of times with the younger kids, especially if they're going through a procedure, they'll say, okay, if you, if you hold still, we'll let you pick a toy from the toy closet or whatever, or if you're okay. behaving and, and, you know, cause it's, you know, you have to lay still for a while or yeah. they may have to, you know, start an IV and that's not fun for anybody. Um, so they'll, they'll certainly bribe with toys because it certainly um, can at least try to take your mind off of it. Right. That's good. Yeah. Cause I know especially nowadays, right. With inflation and everything, there's probably a lot of ways people maybe can't give a whole lot on the money side, but you know, time. And, right. right. And, but yeah, and no, effort, so, yeah. You know. like you said, if you can't give money, there's plenty of other ways to help and we, we need all of them. That's awesome. <coughs> good deal. All right, guys, any, any other, uh, you know, deep questions. Brandon, Brandon came out hitting hard with the, uh, the, the deep philosophical <laughs> one there. So it's, it'll be a lot hard to top that one. Yeah. yeah. I, I got a, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dustin, go ahead. And then Brandon. <laughs> um, what, what's the follow-up like for young adults? You know, let's say you're 15, 16. Um, maybe you, you're not in with your parents all that great. You know, you're still dealing with this issue. Um, what are, what are kids like 19, 20, you know, young adults? Um, what kind of options do they have? So meaning if they were treated before, or, or like if they were diagnosed in 19 or 20? Yeah, let's say you were diagnosed at 19 or 20 and you're kind so of I, in that I think situation. They're, they're, that's a flexible topic there. So you, you have to, a lot of cancers, depending on if they're, are they development or are they childhood cancers? Because a lot of adult cancers present a little differently than childhood. Childhood cancers are certainly developmental cancers. Uh, and St. Jude treats up to 18. That number is a little bit flexible. We've had some 19 and 20 year olds come in, depending on diagnosis and all those type of things. Um, and, and so I think that's, that's the, the simple answer to your question is that it depends on their diagnosis and, and where their where their disease is. And is it something that we're treating? Um, and we've got 60 open protocols, so it probably could be. But if it's not a childhood cancer, that kind of changes the conversation as well. So it's the type of cancer that's the bigger issue than the age. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, type of cancer, age is certainly a, a, one of the factors. I wouldn't call it a main factor, but it's certainly a factor. But yeah, it depends on the type of cancer, if it's a childhood cancer or not. Uh, like I said, the, the colon cancers, uh, the the breast cancers, those type of cancers typically are not childhood diseases. They're, you know, uh, adult cancers, if you will. Um, so those aren't necessarily ones that we treat. Gotcha. Awesome. Okay. Good to know. Thanks. Brandon? Yeah, no, I was just, I was just emphasizing that, you know, I, I constantly see diagnosis on dad groups and social media, you know, where their kids are coming down with cancers. And, you know, I just feel like it's so important for those dads to know that, that there's there's positive outcomes and that there's resources like St. Jude that are that are so crucial and important. So I just want them to hear, you know, straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, that, you know, um, their kid can get taken care of and have a great outcome and a great life uh, afterwards. So no, no doubt about it. And so the other thing I'd like to add to that is you guys are from all over the country. You'd say, why would you help a hospital of Memphis? Well, one of the most important things St. Jude does is we share our research freely with the world. So if we anything we develop, anything we learn, we immediately put out to the world. We don't 
sell it. We don't do anything. So if your daughter's or son is diagnosed with a cancer and um, with your local wonderful children's hospital, wherever you may be, uh, we'll provide uh, a treatment plan, a protocol free of charge to that hospital. This is exactly what we do at St. Jude to treat, you know, this type of cancer. And we provide that and we share all of our knowledge uh, out there with, with, you know, hospitals all around the country. So, um, you know, we, we're the, you know, the world's largest pediatric cancer hospital, but we share it freely with all those around the country and, and around the world for that matter. Yeah. That, and that's, I mean, it's kind of rare, unfortunately, nowadays, right? With, with big organizations. To- right. Well, it's like, I, I, you know, working with coaching music and d- different artists, you tell them, if you write a song, you want to get paid for that. Like that's your livelihood. Well, at St. Jude, you know, we're almost trying to put ourselves out of business. We're trying to put, share our research with, with everybody. Right. And if somebody can make it better or learn something new from even what we have done to improve it, then uh, we'd love to, we'd love to take that and, and use it to improve the ch- childhood cancer survival rates. Yeah. I guess I was just commenting on how I love that. It's, um, you know, the heart and the, the, uh, the, the genuine drive of, of what founded it in the first place is, is still mm-hmm. alive and well today. And I think that, that, uh, you know, on a personal level, that, that makes me a lot more uh, inclined to want to support and, and contribute and things like that, because you know that it's not, um, you know, there's no ulterior motive. It really is right. about saving kids and ensuring that they can have a future. Yeah. Um, and the only thing I would add to that is, is uh, kind of how we, we came about. I mean, the Danny Thomas story. So Danny Thomas was, was in a, uh, his parents had immigrate, immigrated from Lebanon. He was uh, grew up in Toledo, Ohio. He dropped out of school in seventh grade to go get a job to help the family and uh, eventually got married and was living in Detroit in the 1940s when uh, his, his daughter Marla was born. And uh, they uh, he wanted to be an entertainer. He wanted to be on the radio, or on TV, and everywhere he went, every door slammed in his face. And uh, now Danny was a devout Catholic, but it, um, he, he went to the church there in Detroit and he prayed to St. Jude, the patron saint of hopeless causes said, help me find my way in life and I'll build you a shrine. And he took the last seven bucks he had and he put it in the poor box. And he's like, I need that back uh, tenfold tomorrow because it was going to cost him $70 for the hospital bill for his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of days later, he got his first job in radio, making the hoof beats of the Lone Ranger's horse. And then he really hit it big. He got to do a commercial as a singing toothbrush. Um, so he was really, really making it big. And his first permanent job was doing soap operas on the radio. So let that sink in for a minute. Um, and then from there, uh, he got he, he, somebody challenged him to do stand-up comedy. And so his real name was Amos Jacobs, um, but he was too terrified that when he did stand-up comedy, he would be terrible. So he took his brother Danny and his brother Thomas's first names and he put them together. He figured if they boo me off stage, at least they won't know who I really am. <laughs> and it turns out he was really funny. And he yeah. you know, became a stand-up comedian, went out to L.A. and became a a TV star. And so by the 1950s, he was a, you know, a mega star. Um, and he, he never forgot his promise. So he called up his former childhood priest at this point, who was a Cardinal and just said, Hey, I've made this promise to St. Jude that to give back, I need you to help me figure out what that looks like. And so that, that Cardinal had just left a parish in Memphis and he knew the business leaders and the mayors and, and told Danny, you know, in the South, there's, uh, they're, they're up building a lot in the South. I mean, there's segregation, but I think you'd be a good place for you to start St. Jude. So Danny, that was the only connection Danny had. So he came to Memphis, met with the business leaders and some of the mayors. And one of the first things that was talked about is we had Labonner Children's Hospital. We got a children's hospital. We don't need uh, another children's hospital. And a couple of the doctors 
uh, said what we need is a place to build uh, to treat pediatric cancer. You know, with that are you know kids are dying as I said earlier. It's a four percent survival rate at this point. Um, also, while he was here, um, he read an article in a, in a local newspaper about a little black boy down in Mississippi who got hit while riding his bicycle. And because of the times, uh, the local hospital refused to treat him. And by the time they tried to get him to the other hospital, he died. So when Danny came back the next day, he made the announcement, I want to build a hospital that treats kids regardless of race, creed, religion, or ability to pay, which is just insanity in 1950s in the South. And right. he was a powerful, rich guy that, that knew he had you know a, a dream. And so he formed ALSAC in 1957, which, as I said earlier, is the awareness and uh, fundraising arm. He had enough foresight to do that. It stands for the American Lebanese Syrian Associated Charities. As I mentioned earlier, Danny was Lebanese and he celebrated, you know, they've done so much for us in this country. We need to give back. Uh, and then the hospital opened up in 1962. So it took five years to, to raise enough money to open it. But he he started turning to the Lebanese community. Then he got the, you know, the Hollywood friends involved. And then he kind of took it on a grassroots effort. Danny and his wife would drive around the country to Elks Lodges and things like that and uh, do, you know, tell some joke, tell a speech and then ask people to give money. And so that's really how it started with one man's dream. And it wasn't just yeah. something he put his name on and said, put me on the red carpet and take my picture. He, he very much followed uh, uh, his dream and, and, you know, stayed involved till his death. Uh, and now his kids and even his grandkids are still involved with us today. That's, that's a really, amazing. you know, powerful story. Uh, just not, you know, uh, not just kind of the, personal kind of drive but um you know it never being deterred right he because like you said there's a lot of factors you know a, a, right. a, a hospital that would see anyone in the south in the 50s <laughs> was pretty uh radical at that time to say the least um, right and you know not just take not taking no for an answer and, and making sure that uh his dream came true uh that's it's an awesome you know what a, what a great foundation and so it's, it's no surprise to me that uh you know to this day uh, the hospital and and the fundraising organization is uh, is still functioning, you know, very very true to what he probably intended from the get go. Definitely, yeah, no, it's it's amazing that one man's dream carries on, and um, you know, we're we're blessed, and and nothing about his dream has changed. We still live by the same words he said sixty years ago. So yeah. we we try to to do you know everything the right way. Before and, and previous episodes too, we've talked about legacy and how important that is as men and as fathers, and I mean, just look at you know, we are talking 1950s and here you are today. It's, it's 2022, almost 2023. You know, you're, you're just one small, you know, uh, little branch off of that, that legacy that he started and, and just how many others, you know, are, are going to exist now because, um, he didn't take no for an answer. So that, that's just a really a, a awesome story. You know, it's almost, it's almost hard to believe it's true, right? It's like, if you wrote yeah. that in a fiction story, would no one to believe it. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. And and actually something else that's pretty cool that I, I, I've noticed on some feeds, uh, you know, with some of your coworkers and stuff, but um, that shirt, it says, uh, this shirt saves lives. It, that's a really big campaign I've seen St. Jude pushing uh, lately. I think that's such a cool shirt. I got to I gotta get a few of those for the group. We'll have to wear them on one of our casts soon. You, uh, well, you, that's my team. So uh, if you'll uh, shoot me a text with sizes and addresses, I can make that dream happen as early as in the morning. Oh, man. Right. Very <laughs> nice. Yeah. Like, I'd love that. Yeah. Publicly. We're going to wear them next podcast. For sure. Yeah, let's make that happen. Sure. And if anybody yeah. wants one of those shirts, they can go to musicgives.org. Um, but we, yeah, so we created that shirt about five years ago. And 
um, me and another, actually another, another St. Jude cancer survivor. It's kind of our idea. And, um, we, you know, basically had over almost a million shirts, uh, go out since then. It's been, a wow. Kind of, kind of one of those cool things you talk about legacy. I was involved yeah. in the very early stages of that. So yeah, no, we, we awesome. love it. It's funny you brought it up. We even have celebrities asking us for it. It's instead of us knocking on doors, we've had like Terrell Owens came to the hospital, you know, get your popcorn ready, Dallas wow. Cowboys wide receiver. Yes, yeah, love it. The first uh, we're thing Cowboys had, fans, all of us. Well, are you? Okay, me too. Uh, all right, yeah. That, George hates the Cowboys. That, he's a, that, he's a pack. That's too sad of a podcast to talk about right now. Who this man? Who this man? All right, I'm I'm out now. Uh, so speaking but, of legacy and, and being Christmas time, um, just something happier to talk about. Um, what legacies do you have in your family or like traditions for Christmas? And like, what's your favorite? Just out of curiosity. So, you know, growing up for me on the, on the Hinchwood side, we would always go to my grandmother's house in Richmond. And my dad had four brothers and sisters that would all, all come in with their families. And it was, you know, just a old three-story house, and we'd all pile in there and stay for a couple, three days. And um, you know, just you know, growing up, and then Christmas morning is the big. Everybody would take take one present at a time and pass it around the room. Which as a kid, you kind of hated, um, but it also was it, it gave everybody a chance to kind of open their presents in front of everybody. And um, Christmas Eve dinner was always our huge dinner, and then we would go back to North Carolina where where I was growing up, and we would um, have. Christmas dinner with my um, with my other grandparents, but so to continue continue that tradition on. My mom uh, still hosts Christmas dinner or Christmas Eve dinner. Uh, we'll be over there. I guess it's Saturday night, um, and so um, that's that's her night. Like my in laws will do Christmas Day dinner, but my mom is Christmas Eve, and uh, you can go ahead and lock it in. And um, we're uh, we were just on the text about what we're bringing. Actually, right before I came upstairs. Nice. Nice. I think uh, I think that's just it. Just having family, especially Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and always making it about the family and having everybody you can get into the house together. Um, you know, we we have several of my wife's family that are live or live kind of in the area, but we don't always get to see them for whatever reason. Everybody's got busy lives or whatever, but um, it's just one of those days everybody gets together and uh, you know it's just it's good times and. You don't uh, you don't bring up any of the frustrations you may have with them. Yeah. You just gotta hang out and um, usually try to find topics around sports or whatever to talk about that are <laughs> yeah. infuriating. Absolutely. Just just really easy things like politics, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We <laughs> we uh, you could certainly you could certainly have a whole different different kind of themed dinner if you go too far down that road. Yeah. Absolutely. WWE match at that point. Um, yeah. I, Justin, I have what do you guys say, do? Yeah. So so for me, like. I think one of my favorite traditions is my grand, my mamma, as we call her, uh, my mom's mother. Uh, she bakes cookies and she has uh, two different cookies she does. She does a fruit drop cookie. And um, if you don't know what that is, it's kind of like an oatmeal cookie with like a gumdrop in it, a okay. bunch of them. And they're fantastic. But my favorite is her crinkle cookies. They're these chocolate crinkle cookies with like powdered sugar. Oh uh put the cookie down yeah the fat boy and me cannot get enough (laughs) uh so scott just the the put the cookie down thing is something we give uh our buddy dustin over there a lot of crap for because uh he's a he was a personal trainer for the longest super super in shape guy but he has a a cookie addiction (laughs) so we call him the cookie monster uh but yeah so definitely tradition with my grandparents we cook we do a, a, a Christmas dinner 
Um, we always do a turkey. My mom, our family's uh, gravy. We have a white gravy mix. It's been in the family oh, for wow. a long time, and I've learned to, to do it, and it's fantastic. I love it. Um, so we always do like a, a turkey of stuffing. Um, and yeah, I'm Clark Griswold. Uh, I love lights. My son and I are going to have that tradition. <laughs> My wife's going to murder me because we, we live like in an area where there's not so many lights, but I'm going to be like, you know, so it's going to be great. But, so we yeah. all know how Justin's going to die. It's falling off a ladder <laughs> <laughs> or getting electrocuted. I'm yeah. going to be like, <laughs> I don't want to speak into yeah. existence, but yeah, yeah exactly. All right. Dustin, yeah, what about you and your family? George. What's your, uh, yeah, I, I, I willed it. No, yeah, I, don't want, exactly. I don't want that to happen. All right. Dustin. Uh, love midnight mass that's that's always been a classic with my grandmother with my mom um we always made sure to make that happen love the candle lights and um and all that that's just a you know has to happen every year and it's a lot of fun brings us all together we tell each other why we appreciate each other and just you know have those great conversations um and then being a florida man um we always uh jump in the pool or the uh, the ocean depending on which is available may or may not have clothing on depending on the situation um and it's just kind of a, a christmas new year's kind of thing we just you know uh kind well, of i knew you wouldn't have sleeves i just didn't know about the yeah, right. Yeah, I, I was gonna he's say, actually you're making me look really bad. And he's only that. wearing the sweater right now. There's actually nothing else. That's why he's yeah, sitting exactly. Down. Yeah, so, my backup or in trouble. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, that's always kind of a you know ringing the new beer, you know, kind of thing. And um, so that, that's one of our biggest traditions there. Cool. All right, B. What what are your differences since you and Justin have now moved to, across to different parts of the the world? Yeah, so I think uh, just getting the kids excited about Christmas, um, we do an Advent thing with our Bibles where we basically have a um, little small lesson every night. And so as a family, starting on December 1st, we set aside some time for, for us and the kids to sit down and go through each of these as Christmas approaches and we get them you know, more and more excited. You know, it's only this many days to left until, until Santa Claus and all that stuff. And so... We do that. Um, we put out decorations inside the house and out. Um, and then uh, we go drive and see the, the Christmas lights. And then there's also our park, Ballard Park here in Tupelo. Um, we have a bunch of Christmas lights set up by the city and we'll walk and take the kids uh, to go look at it and do all that stuff. So that's that's kind of our main things other than, you know, your your standard get with the family and eat and, um, you know, that kind of thing. So. But yeah, it's it's exciting. It's it's my favorite season. Um, even though the past two Christmases I've had, you know, COVID or illness, I, I'm I'm very excited that this year I'm healthy. But yeah, by the grace of God. So awesome. <laughs> but, yeah. I'll, I'll be really quick. We don't have a ton of <clears throat> huge traditions, and I I'm kind of the weird one. I live away from all my family. They live on the West Coast, and I'm here in Tennessee. So uh, my wife's I kind of revert to my wife's side of the family unless we're visiting mine, but. Uh, we do a secret Santa thing every year and that's just kind of fun to, you know, try and guess who, who got you the thing and whatnot. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm always that guy who gets you a gift card and wraps it in 27 different boxes for you to slow, you know, progressively bigger and bigger, but, um, no, we, we don't really have any huge, huge ones, you know, do a little bit on Christmas Eve and then Christmas day, everyone gets together. And, um, yeah, I, I, Scott, I like what you really highlighted is it's not really about any of the, the things of the stuff. It's, it's even if you have close and don't see each other very often, right? It's just that time to set aside with your family. Um, thankfully, I was able to just go on a trip for a week with, with my family that I don't get to see very often. There were 16 of us and we went to Cancun and 
So for me, oh. that was just, it wasn't the place. I mean, obviously Horrible the place trip. is amazing. It was, yeah, it was, <laughs> it's pretty hard not to have a good time on the beach, but um, just being able to see my cousins and my brother and, and their families and just to spend a lot of really good quality time. Just, you know, that was almost Christmas came early for me this year. So, um, cool. you know, cool. and so I think that that's something that we should all just remember too, is to, to make that time, you know, uh, especially as fathers, it's important that you kind of set that example with your families and, and make the effort, make the time um to to go see your family and and uh you know if there are uh troubles or you know past grievances kind of just bury them for a little bit and focus on the quality time and the memories because um life is short life is unexpected and um you know you, you, you'll you'll look back and want to have those memories uh one day or your kids will right so yeah, yeah and time's something we only have a little bit of and uh yeah. i'll say this man like uh living i live away from my family as well i'm down here in uh, the boot you know, and um, I have to say, man, it, it's hard because there's been a few Christmas we haven't made it uh, back up there. But um, I guess my thing just would be to encourage fathers take the time because life is so fast paced in our, our time currently today. And, you know, this is the one like week or two where you, you really need to like slow down and just try to concentrate on a little family time. It's funny yeah. you say that. I, 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 uh, I spent this morning, I'm, I'm off work starting um, for the next two weeks. And uh, I started, I knocked out a few emails this morning and, and got the expense report turned in. And then I was like, hey guys, this is it for me. I'm you out. Can, <laughs> you, can, you can text, but for a while, for, for a while, you're not going to hear back. Yep. I'm not, I live and die by the phone all day long, every day, but uh, I'm, I'm going to try to step back. And if it's not a sports score, I'm probably not going to worry about it. And, uh, I, I, yeah. Nothing too dramatic, I don't think, can happen while I'm off for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You get that extra time. Like Brandon, he's uh, he's going for the Mr. Rogers uh, job. I don't know if you guys heard about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah he it's was a beautiful singing. day in the neighborhood. Yeah. He was singing the song <laughs> and putting on slippers when he got on. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I got the shoes on and everything, man. Won't you join me? <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. What are you cooking? <laughs> Uh, listen, so to me, I, I love that y'all mentioned time because it's the most valuable asset that we have and that we can give to anybody. Um, I think about this a whole lot. You know, me being Mr. Philosophical, Mr. Rogers over here, I think about time and being intentional with my children. And if there's one thing I know for a fact that I would recommend for dads is intentional present time that's uninterrupted without phones, without technology, without distractions. That's the things that your kids will remember when they grow up and they compound these memories. So like they, you might think it's just, oh, it's just a basic memory. No, these are grand memories that, that will just be huge in, in their development of their life and everything. So guys, take a little time this holiday just to, to devote time to your children because, you know, time's the most precious gift we have. We don't get refunds on the time we give. So it's, it's, it's huge, you know? And so that's the one thing I would want to encourage dads to do is just make sure that you're giving that, that most precious currency to your children and not somebody else. That's good, Brandon. All right. Um, Scott, I know you've only got a few minutes left. So one, one final question for you, uh, time permitting, um, is what do you think, you know, from your point of view and, uh, you know, your experience, what, what is, uh, you know, one of the one or two top most important things for, for dads to do, especially today? Or, or, or that they should be, you know, well, I think, you know, be present, like you said, I, and I'm guilty of it just as much as probably anybody else with, with being on the phone or, you know, surfing or looking at whatever and, and not, you know, hearing exactly what he, my, my son or whoever isn't talking to me saying, I, 
you know, for me, I, I, you know, I do say on the, on the flip side, I do text my kids almost every day, different things, maybe not on a group text, but just, uh, you know, I got a daughter who's my middle one is, uh, she's living on her own. Like she, a couple of years ago, she, when she turned 18, she was a pandemic graduate, May of 2020 from high school. And, uh, she really wanted to live on her own and make her own money and make some, you know, it, it was good for our relationship. I'll say that she didn't like living at home and want to, you know, I'd want to know where you're going, what time you're coming home and all those kind of fun questions. And she was, uh, you know, it was weird times anyway with, with the pandemic, but I've been, I'm dang proud of her. She's, uh, out and about and, uh, she's in school, majoring in business, uh, mainly online, but she works full time and my oldest graduated nursing school last week. So she's got a, a, a you know, job lined up at Le Bonner here, our children's hospital. Um, which has always been her dream. And then my son is graduating high school. Kevin's graduating this May and uh, we're figuring him out right now. He's probably not going to college right away. He's been interested in automotive. So we're, um, we're, we're figuring out exactly what that looks like. But I, I think, you know, being involved with your kids and knowing what they like and don't like and having, you know, as I've got young adults now, as my daughters are getting older, we have different conversations than we had, you know, four or five, six years ago about, you know, my daughter, when she starts this new job at Labonter, I'm like, okay, you got to start tucking away money, whatever they allow you to put into that 401k or retirement plan, yeah. whatever it is, like, like start, you know, now's your time. The more you put in at 22 years old, that's going to help you a lot farther down the road. So, um, you know, those kind of conversations are, are a lot different than uh, in t teaching my son that, you know, when you do get a paycheck, you don't get to you don't need to go spend it all on, you know, gas station candy and jolt drinks or whatever like you. Um, so it's just different conversation depending on your kid. And, um, you know, and I think growing up, it was, you know, for us, it was always, you know, trying to figure out what different personalities because our oldest was always wanting to. She was kind of the goody goody. I mean, she was always wanting to do whatever you said. She didn't really get into trouble a lot. And then my middle daughter was she would always find the limits. Um, and then my son's kind of in the middle there. But. Um, yeah, it was just always figuring out, you know, best way to parent. And it's you know, not always right. I mean, you you think you're right, but you may not have done it right. But you did what you thought was best, but you, you're present for it. I mean, I traveled a lot when my kids were little. So um, my wife did an amazing job with three kids running around while I was, was traveling for work. Justin, yeah, I think you had something to yeah, say. Yeah, so to, to add on to something that you guys were talking about time and stuff. So like, I just want to kind of reiterate something since we are talking about St. Jude. Um, if any of you fathers, anybody uh, have extra time this holiday season and, you know, you don't you don't have a family or you do have a family and you, you, you get to spend a lot of time with them or you want to do something constructive with them. I'd highly suggest volunteer time for St. Jude. Help out another family, help out a, a group that does fantastic things. I just kind of want to drive that home because St. Jude does, like we've said, so much for people. And I think. Uh, we, we should also be present in the lives of others, not just our own families and, and try to teach our kids what it is to be, you know, present in helping others. So, so well said, yeah, you know, there are events all around the country. So, uh, you can look up, you know, local St. Jude events. And then, like you said, you may also meet a local family. So depending on, um, you know, how that works out. Yeah. Really you good. never know. I mean, that your family could be one of those families and one day and, and, you know, you might need that helping hand. So, absolutely, uh, Scott. I know it's we're getting close to the hour here, so I don't. I, you know, if you need to go, I, I just don't want. Yeah, to I, I, I speaking yeah. Of commitments. My son <laughs> just got a driver's license, so he's yeah. uh, wanting to drive us around and look at Christmas lights. So I told him I'd be done by eight. Uh, All righty, sure to keep that commitment. But uh, 
Look, I, I appreciate it. First of all, thank you all for, for having me on. And, and certainly thanks for talking about St. Jude. I wouldn't be here without him. So, um, I, yeah, if you'll text me sizes and I'll, I'll send you all this shirt saved lives. I'll get those <laughs> out to you and, and addresses. Just text that over to me tomorrow. We'll get that done. Awesome. Um, and we'll, uh, but we appreciate you guys and featuring us. And we look forward to, you know, everyone every want me back, you know, let me know. I'll, I'll make sure my people let me know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, maybe yeah. we can, uh, maybe we can do a, a meetup somewhere at an event and do a, do a That'd live episode or something from an that event. would be incredible. Oh yeah, well, that. that'll take some logistics, yeah. but we—that's what we should do uh, down the future. But uh, Scott, or thank volunteer. you so much. Yeah, or volunteer. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Scott, awesome. really appreciate your time. Have a, a merry Christmas and a happy New Year with your family, yeah. and uh, good good luck driving with the new driver uh, through the lights. Don't don't hit any houses. <laughs> yeah, don't drive any Mustangs either. Merry Christmas. All right, Scott. Christmas. Thank, thank you so awesome. much. Have a merry great Christmas. to meet you, Scott. Pleasure. Yeah, to meet you. Thanks, Scott. Awesome. All righty. So just one final thank you, Scott, and to St. Jude for all the, the work you do uh, impacting just millions of lives, uh, at least a million lives, right? Um, and uh, yeah, just so we, we please implore you to uh, consider a donation or your time uh, to this Christmas season to uh, help that organization, um, because I think it's, it's, it's probably one of the most purest forms of, you know, helping others that there is out there today. So um, we hope you consider that. So, all right, boys. Uh, with that piece out of the way, let's let's do a little catching up. Um, Justin, why don't you start? How the last? Geez, how long has it been since our last episode? A month almost. I feel like it's yeah, been it's a while. Been, it's been a hot minute. It's been minute. a minute. Uh, so. Last episode, I was not present, unfortunately. Um, I was traveling to see the the, the family for Thanksgiving um, when you guys had John Michael on, and uh, what an episode, man! I, I hate I missed it. I, I cannot wait for him to come back because he seemed. Yeah. My my wife even was like, man, he's he knows he knows what he's doing for sure, and she was interested in that uh, and what all the things he had to say. And we've taken some of the stuff, um, mm -hmm. and his group was really quick to to reach out to me too. Super helpful. Um, I got to get back to them soon, but I have been, as always, just uh, I guess blessed, man. Just busy, 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 busy at work. Um, we brought on two major groups, and I've been dealing with that. I traveled for a conference. Uh, I traveled to my best friend's wedding via car and then my cousin's wedding the day after. Uh, I pretty much drove through 10 states and 2,400 miles in about a four or five day span. So that was interesting. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a it's lot of moving. A, oh my gosh, man. It's been a hectic month. Uh, last there this week, I was in uh, this last week, excuse me, I was in Shreveport and Winsboro and Alexandria, Louisiana, uh, just going all over, man. And then just, trying to come home and like we've been talking about be present as you can see the house is done up Ainsley did a phenomenal job uh making it you know fun and griswoldy for me but classy you know for her uh, a little blend of both of us but it's it's been its first christmas and we want we want bebop to to really uh to really enjoy it we're gonna we're gonna try to create some traditions this year for him to uh to carry on with us and we're just excited man get some family time with hers and then uh brandon and his lovely wife and children and my parents are all coming down as well as a good friend of our steve um who's pretty much family uh they're all going to come visit us two days after christmas and stay for a week uh and we are really excited to host them and let the the cousins play with bennett and we've got a whole game room for him set up and uh i guess the last thing speaking of game rooms whoop, whoop. My office is going up uh, tomorrow, actually. We got a custom desk coming in. All my LEDs are going to get installed. Uh, my new microphone, boom, new camera, new, new PC. Thank you, Brandon. You spent countless hours building for Dustin and I. 
we are so stoked about our new uh, PCs. We are going to have a great setup. You will not have to see my living room anymore. I will have a great setup. So I'm very, very excited. And some surprises. Yeah, I'll show you guys eventually. But yeah, I'm, I'm stoked about that. That's it's a little Christmas present from the wife and um, and Bennett. So we're uh, we're going to use it hopefully uh, quite often. We'll see. Awesome. All right, man. Well, we're glad that you're back for this episode. And uh, the reason for anyone who's wondering, the reason he couldn't make last episode is because he was going to see Brandon and the extended family for Thanksgiving. So yeah, it's yeah. very valid reason to not be on the, <laughs> on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, you def- that was, it was, uh, I really loved our last episode. John Michael's just a really, uh, he's a really passionate guy. Uh, he speaks with a lot of authority and man, I was getting motivated listening to him, you know, so <laughs> Um, definitely want to have him back in the future. Uh, I'd like, there's actually a couple of guests we've had in the past. I'd like to kind of get them all together. I think they'd really feed off each other, but, um, absolutely. Yeah. Well, welcome back, man. Glad you're here. Thanks, man. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm excited for, uh, what, what's coming in the new year. I think we've got a lot of ideas pulling together and, um, you know, we're, we're constantly learning and improving ourselves and, um, yeah. So Dustin, people. Let's uh, yeah. let's go to you next. How how's the? It has. I looked. It's been about a month almost since our last yeah. episode. So, how have you been? How's the last month been? It's been good. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, as far as keeping commitments and um, you know, keeping our friendship strong and um, you know, putting in the work. Um, you know, of course, we haven't been doing the long form podcasts, but uh, our, our regular viewers have probably noticed we put out a lot of shorts recently. That's been a big push for us, um, and that's been so much fun collaborating and putting together all the editing and all that kind yep. of stuff and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't. Um, and Testing the waters. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I really appreciate you guys from, a, um, you know, for keeping commitments, you know, we told ourselves we we're going to experiment with this, give it a shot, see how it works. And I think it's, it's been even more successful than we could have imagined. So we've got some really exciting plans for 2023. I'm just really excited to keep this going with you guys and, um, you know, keep, yeah, uh, keep reaching out to fellow dads and, um, you know, and, and making a difference, um, in their lives. Uh, so, um, yeah, along those veins, uh, I did a personal annual review and, uh, that was just a wonderful experience. Um, New Year's resolutions, you know, they're, they're kind of, they don't, they don't really do you much good. Um, but reflecting on what worked for you and what didn't the previous year is just really valuable. Um, you know, and as far as being a present dad, um, I, uh, I think I give myself a D minus at best. Mm. Um, I always had something else that needed to be handled. I had some financial issue or, you know, oh, I've, I've got to respond to this guy on Twitter or something that, you know, ultimately just isn't that important. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I think I'm someone who needs strict uh, structure and rules. Um, and I haven't necessarily had that for myself. Um, so, you know, Data has been really beneficial for me. Um, if you have an iPhone, it's going to break down all of your screen time, all the different things like that. Um, and I averaged this year over six hours a day of screen time, um, wow. which I don't really watch much TV or use other screens. So pretty much all my screen time was on my phone. Uh, but nevertheless, I, I don't even want to add that up for the whole year of how much time you know right. that I was responding to text messages or arguing with someone on Reddit or you know something that I didn't need to be doing. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> At the end of the day, that, that's of, of negligible benefit. And a lot of that was happening while my son was present. Um, and I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit that to you guys, but I think I need to because um, that's priority number one. Um, I'm part of the present father's podcast and I wasn't that present with my son. Um, and that that sucks. Um, so that's Man. something I'm really going to work on. Um, I, I'm asking you guys to hold me accountable for that. You know, check in okay. with me. I'll let you know and make sure that I'm making the changes that I need to. I've got a plan that I've put together, uh, you know, as far as um, 
what I'm going to do to make those changes and, and how that's going to work better for me. Um, ultimately, we talked about time. I can never have that time back with my son. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that random Redditor that, you know, disagreed with me, I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you yep. know? Stupid Melvins. <laughs> yeah, it's the Melvins. Yeah, yeah exactly. Melvins. Yeah. yeah, they get me every time. Um, and it's very easy to get sucked in and say, this is important mm. work. I'm trying to build a presence. You know, I'm going to do that, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not- oh, I'm guilty, man. Ask Brandon. He knows I'm the yeah. first to speak up. Mm. <laughs> I got to work on that myself, man. Well, Dustin, I appreciate your, your honesty on that. I think, I mean, if we're honest, like probably everyone is guilty of, of that to, to some degree. So um, th- that's a really good point to bring up. You know, I think uh, that's something we'll do in the new year here is an episode focused on technology um both how it draws you away from your family but then also the kind of the pitfalls that you need to watch out with your kids i think that'd be a really valuable episode because the world we live in today is driven by screens um absolutely how it is right we're always on the go we're always on the move uh you know several of us here travel for work so you you work off your phone half the time um it's it's hard to put that thing down you know it's it's it almost becomes a habit so i appreciate your uh your honesty on that i need to be held accountable to it as well um so i I'd like to see what you have planned and maybe see if I can kind of implement some of that in my own life uh, to make sure that when uh, it's not screen time, I'm fully present in, um, you know, the moment. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, man. Brandon, how about you? Well, if you can't tell with my mic muted half the time and me coughing up a lung, I have just recently recovered from my second bout of COVID. Um, Paxlovid is an amazing drug, just a side note. Um, yeah, so just trying to get through that. My kids have been sick uh, multiple times the past months, but praise God, they're they're doing good. Ben got through flu and COVID uh, two different weeks, and Bela as well. So we're just trying to get everybody on the mend and get back into uh, our holiday spirit with energy. <laughs> yeah, and no coughs. Uh, if we can do that, we'll be in good shape. Um, yeah. As far as the new year, Dustin, man, thank you so much for your transparency, brother. Um, that's the only way we can sharpen our iron is by knowing what the target needs to be. Um, so, so I'm, I'm so happy that you took the time to, to target what needs to change because we all have something that's like that. We all have things that we could be transparent on. It doesn't matter how awesome of a dad or husband or person you are. You're not Jesus. You're going to have faults and you're going to have to grow on them. You're going to have to target them and grow. And that's, that's what we want to do here as, uh, you know, target our faults and grow. So, uh, very excited about that. But other than that, uh, just for me personally, I'm ready to um, get in the best shape of my life. I've I've really let that fall down. Like every avenue of my life is so wonderful and so blessed, except for my health. And so I'm trying to improve that. I'm got to follow up with my cardiologist um, due to my COVID stuff. And then once that's cleared, man, it's it's all uh, <laughs> put the cookie down. Yeah. Uh, after that, it's, it's all gas, man. I'm, I'm going to try to get, um, it, cause it's just about, like we said, time, longevity. You yep. want, you want to be here for your kids. And, yeah. um, I'm not doing that with my body. My body should be my temple and I'm, I'm, I need to step that up. So going to work on that in the next year. Um, and I'm excited to where the podcast is going. Um, love all the hard work guys. Thank y'all so much. I really appreciate it. So yeah, you know, that's, that's all I've, I've got for Good deal. Christmas all right. Well, yeah. hoping we're here. Here's to praying that everyone gets over all the the little bugs and Ronas and whatever else is flying out there. That uh, everyone's healthy going into the the Christmas day and subsequent days off. Hopefully, 
Um, so like I said, we went to Cancun. That was uh, a really awesome time, not just because of where it is. Obviously, it's a, it's a beautiful place. Um, and the, wow, the beach was just incredible. I mean, I just like I woke up the first morning there and just saw the sunrise. And I, th I made a short about it, I think, actually. Just it was I was just like dumbfounded by how beautiful it was and, you know, just God's creation and stuff. It's, you know, we, we take for granted <laughs> how how much just raw beauty is out there. So that was that was kind of nice to wake up and just see the sun and and the ocean and everything. And it, it was, you know, December and 80 degrees. And I was like, wow, this is <laughs> That's how Dustin feels probably. But um, yeah, that was nice. And it, the nicest thing about it, though, was just all that time with my family. You know, we I live a little over halfway across the country from the bulk of my family. So to be able to get to see them and just spend a ton of time with them was um, really, really nice for me. Uh, but also is kind of um, our first real extended vacation with all of that family with my daughter. And so getting to see her interact with my brother's kids and um, and the cousins and everyone and just, you know, having a great time. It was uh, for me, it was definitely one of those memories that is going to stick with me for a long, long time. So it's been a, that was kind of the highlight of the last couple of weeks. Um, other than that, not really a whole lot going on. Kind of just, that was, that was it. We were just, you know, focused for the trip, get everything squared away before that. Now that we're back, um, you know, I've been <clears throat> like Brandon, not that I was super out of shape, but really taking it serious on, uh, trying to make sure that I'm being very intentional about my, my health and fitness and just overall one setting a good example, but also, um, you know, just being healthy, uh, for, for the long haul. And, um, Yeah. For Christmas, we're we're just staying here now. We kind of had our big trip. Just gonna see the local family now and uh, enjoy the time off. I uh, I had one meeting today and I basically did nothing after that and I don't feel bad about it. So um, that's gonna be the next couple days for sure. And yeah, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yeah. I'm really pumped for the New Year Merry coming Christmas in with our podcast and episodes. And uh, I've rambled enough now. So let's do uh, the next thing that is a must. Let's one by one. Uh, I'll. I'll See how I can figure out how to highlight everyone. We'll go Dustin first. Let's show off that beautiful cut-off Florida ugly Christmas sweater. Oh, yeah, look at that thing. It jingles, oh too. Listen, jingles. The jingles had me laughing a little while ago. I was yeah. trying not to laugh. but I can just imagine. Uh, like, you need to, you you need to wear like that while you're... Dude, it's got a flamingo on it. I just noticed <laughs> that. It's all that's like very Florida. And stuff. It's, like, it's so classy. <laughs> so Florida. Hit him, hit him with the flex, man. Show him, show him your... Uh... Your yeah. amendment rights. Oh, there yeah, there you go. Them guns. <laughs> That's awesome. Love I'm trying to figure out how to get it back to all of us. There we go. All right, nice. Justin, you'll go next. Um, had to oh, had, had to censor you a little bit here because it's it's a family friendly so, podcast. It lights up. It's got all these lights all over it, and it's a penguin. He's like, but is, uh, yeah. is you, the you, uh, you kind of see is what the it scarf says. on him? Like actually, it's like a real scarf. Oh, it's okay. a real yeah, scarf. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Very it's, nice. It's a legit. It's very a, ugly. It's a legit. It's very yeah, ugly. It's, I like it. Yeah. It's pretty great. All right. Brandon, your turn. Uh, mine is uh, just Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And it's very based nice. out of, you know, giving a little Home Alone homage. So it's it's a little bit Mr. Rogers, a little bit Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. I like to do that. I like, very to, good. like to represent. He was one of my favorites growing up. If, if there was ever a good father figure growing up, it was Mr. That's Rogers. That's true. There is actually, I think it's, I want to say Netflix. There's like a documentary on him. Uh, it was, it's really good, man. He, uh, you know, kind of like the founder of St. Jude's, he, he really believed in wanting to, to set a positive example and do something yeah. of value. And he just was never deterred from it and, and, 
and it was kind of like you know, just always loving kindness, you know. Anyway, just really, it was it was really good. I you know I'm not, I'm normally not a big like documentary fan. I really don't like a ton of that kind of stuff unless it's super historical. Um, and I was really impressed with that one. So yeah, he was definitely if you're if you're gonna have a role model, he's he's a good one. So all right, I'll go next. Uh, last but not least is this one. It is Darth Vader it says, "I find your lack of cheer disturbing." <laughs> and then uh yeah so had to had to nerd out a little bit in that one and of course my Oregon christmas hat and uh i also have my Oregon santa and i was drinking my coffee earlier oh so, wow <laughs> yeah we're, we're going full uh christmas mode here um i have a Oregon ugly sweater too but you guys told me to wear the darth vader one so that's what we went with tonight <laughs> but i like it all righty um i'm out of ideas so i'll kick it up to whoever else has the next topic they want to discuss or chat about uh, uh well, i kind of want to oh sorry dustin you go ahead no, i dustin. already cut your brother off you go ahead i'm not gonna do it again <laughs> i was gonna say um let's go a little bit into some of the uh the ideas we have for next year um i'll say you know a few people i have in mind if that's okay with you guys um people that i would like to see come on the show and why or would you guys I'd rather stick to topics no that's to- perfect go ahead yeah, it's yeah. So um, one of the one of the the people that I really really have been encouraged by lately, and I've read an awesome book, and it's just a good book to read uh, over the holiday if you get a chance. But it just came out. There's actually two books. One's by David Goggins, uh, and the other is by Tyson Fury. So Tyson Fury is, if you don't know him and you live under a rock, he is the world heavyweight champion, and he is undefeated. He's never been beat, uh, and he's played. He's gone up against some incredible opponents and it's a book about him and mental health um how he almost lost his battle to it um just i don't know man like he's he's so inspiring because he talks about how he he dug himself out of the depths and darkness so it's it's a book called gloves off i highly 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 recommend it um he is english uh he's from the uk and it's it's just such a fantastic book but it's also it's narrated by him and the British gentleman who does the uh, the voice from the Geico Gecko of all people, which is really cool. Uh, so it's it's very entertaining. And then um, if you get a chance, speaking of other podcasts, Joe Rogan had David Goggins back on, and I'm a massive fan of David Goggins. Uh, and David has a book out that really talks about like life in general that I think could help a lot of dads. And and um, it's called Never Enough, but it's. It's phenomenal, man. Just uh, I'm getting into both these books. And um, my my point is, is both of them speak on some topics that dads struggle with. And they are both dads. And they talk about, um, you know, how fatherhood kind of helped them go into different aspects and different things in their life. Uh, but it's it's definitely worth a listen to both of them. So those are those are two of the, the topics or books I'd like to cover and possibly maybe even, you know, get them as guests possibly. So awesome. Love Good it. Deal. Uh, I think Brandon, our, we were, we're working on getting through a, uh, a book and I think we'll probably do that in January. Yeah. yeah so, uh, the book we're reading is, uh, Jonathan Haidt's, uh, book, the coddling of the American mind. So uh, it's a, yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant book. Um, the man is a genius level psychologist, um, and he deals with like social media studies, and how it affects um, children in their brains, teenage, adolescents in their brains, and adults. And then he also just talks about um, different things in the book of like, 
you know, how people are exposed or the lack of exposure to certain things creates basically a softness, whether it's your immune system or uh, mental, mentally, your, your ideology, those kind of things. So uh, brilliant book. Uh, we're definitely going to dive into that. We're going to dive into, you know, the dangers of social media for our adolescent teenagers, uh, especially for fathers. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of other, other topics I could, I could bring up as well if you guys like, but I'd, I'd like to kind of go around and hear what everybody else has to say too, for sure. Yeah. Dustin, you got something you were yeah, about to absolutely. cut in earlier. No. Yeah. So, well, I'm, I'm so excited about coddling in the American mind. Um, the, the quote that really got to me was, um, prepare the child for the road. Don't prepare the road for the child. That's kind of what, um, in the intro, it starts out with yeah. that. It just makes so much sense. You know, our, our culture has done so much to make things as safe as possible, both emotionally and physically for children. And it's led, and I say them, I mean, this was an issue for me. We talked about the, everyone gets a trophy, you know, situation I had growing up. Um, I think I was coddled a little bit, you know, in a lot of ways. And that's kind of an embarrassing thing to say, but, uh, you know, looking back on it, I'm, I'm glad I had those experiences for myself because I think I'll do a better job with my son and I'll recognize that there were times that I'll be really tempted <clears throat> to step in and I won't do it, you know, because he needs to fight his own battles. And, um, you know, we need to prepare our children for adverse situations rather than just protecting them from everything. You know, that that's a really you know scary situation. Absolutely. So, so excited to do that book. I think we're going to have yeah. a lot to discuss and um, that, that's a really huge one. Um, as far as, uh, um, aspirations to, um, to improve. Uh, uh, I'm really excited to discuss our personal annual review um, altogether. You know, it's that time of year. Again, we don't do... So as a personal trainer for a decade, um, I saw 99% of New Year's resolutions peter out. Yeah. Um, they don't work. Uh, they're not targeted well. And, and the problem is, here's why they don't work. It's because they're not... Uh, they're, they're just aspirational. You know, well, it's if like I'm, reactionary, right? It's not like you're doing it for some external factor. It's not from within. And so after the motivation wears off, there's no discipline to keep driving it forward. Yeah. Right? Discipline and, and loving it. You have to be passionate about it. I yeah. Mean, I, that's I, what, exactly what, right. Unless you see otherwise. I mean, that's kind of how I always figured they, they failed or petered out. Um, I, I think you, you guys know what a smart goal is. Specific, Specific measurable, measurable. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Actionable. Actionable, time bound, and realistic. I what the R is. Yeah, realistic. Realistic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, very, very few goals are actually smart goals, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm 300 pounds and I decide I want to get a six pack, you know, next year, not realistic, right? It breaks that one. Right. Uh, or, right. you know, oh, I just want to be in better shape, not time bound or specific, right. you know? So, right. um, so the annual review allows you to really get into stuff where you're like, okay, where did I do really well? And that's important too. The last thing you want to do is be, I'm the worst person ever. And, oh, I suck. You know, <laughs> you have to make sure that you talk about the good things as well. Yeah. So you can hit those too. And then that is how you get a really strong goal that can get to all those, those targets. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk about my personal plans to really have effective change, um, it will be a smart goal. You know, that, that'll be an essential component to it. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about a couple of those and man, I mean, that, that's what it's all about. That's, um, you know, as a dad, it's really easy to get locked into just, I'm just going to be here for my kids. I'm going to work. Um, right. you know, I'm support staff and that's about all, you know, I, I can do, you know, as far as, as that goes. And uh, we can all, mm -hmm. um, have better relationships with our, with our wife, with our children, um, with ourselves. Um, but it requires really powerful action and change that honestly, most of us just don't know how to do. Um, and so if we can reach even one dad and teach you, 
how to, you know, we all want to change. We all want to be a little bit, you know, I wish I was a little bit taller, you know what I, you know, we all want to make those changes to, to move into that, uh, that, that next level. And a lot of us just don't know how to do it. And so I'm really excited to talk about if you do want to make a change as a dad, um, here's how you can actually do it. Here's where people fail, why most people don't succeed. Here's how to be that unusual kind of person who actually succeeds in making those changes uh, with those goals you want to make. Yeah, that's good. Um, let's see here. Topics, topics. Um, I've actually been kind of racking my brain on this and I, I I'm, I'm kind of still at a loss because I, I don't want to just rehash something that's just a little bit slightly <clears throat> different than something we've done. You know, I want to have, I want to go off in a completely new direction. I guess it would be sure. the social media one. So I guess I'll, I'll take ownership for that one on, on trying to find, uh, so, well, technology in general. Right. And, and kind of, um, you know, I'm kind of the generation that grew up with a controller in my hand almost. Right. Uh, we had mm -hmm. the, the Nintendo, uh, which is, I mean, I know there was Atari and all these other, there was some like predecessors, but nothing really, the, the Nintendo really kind of hit big and like everyone had one type of thing. Right. Um, that, so, you know, I'm kind of of that generation. I'm the youngest in the group here where I never really didn't have that in my life. And it's only just, you know, it's just increased and increased and increased in my lifetime. And then, so for my kids, even, you know, even more now it's like, they don't even know what a VHS is. Right. <laughs> you know? So, um, I think it's something that we should be very conscious about. I think it's something that dads should get in front of. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, it's something that we, uh, you know, well-intentioned parents have completely fallen in, behind on, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because like the electronic babysitter and all this kind of stuff, it, it's very easy. It's very easy to sacrifice your presence, your role to technology. Um, and even if, it's, even if it's for good things, like it's not like it's all bad, um, any, any good thing that is, uh, uh, how do I put this? I, I, I had a colleague when I worked in Texas, he had gone to, it was some seminar or something like that. Maybe it was a Bible study. And they were talking about the whole focus of it was, um, too many families today in America have too many good things going on that it's killing their family, right? The son's playing football. The daughter's doing this. The, the dad's doing that. The mom's doing this. And you're all you're all doing these really good. They're positive things, or you're volunteering. Like you're all you're doing these great things, but then there's no time for family. Um, technology is one of those things where it can just completely suck up that time, Dustin. Like you were talking about. So I think it's that would be a really good episode for us to hit relatively early in the new year. I think, um, and I'll do a little thinking on maybe if we tie it to a book or just kind of go with our personal thoughts on that and maybe uh, personal plans of action for how to mitigate it. But um, the other, the other risk with that too is just the exposure to things that your kids shouldn't see. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of age restricted stuff anymore, and that, I think that started kind of in the '90s, right? With advertising, started getting really yep. aggressive with sexual stuff, alcohol, drugs. You know, like the filters were just really relaxed through the '90s and 2000s, and now with stream this, YouTube that. Um, I mean, your kid is literally a quick a click away from stuff that they probably shouldn't see. Um, so there's there's a serious element to not not sheltering your kid but it's it's just common sense um you know hey th this top this is a topic for someone who's 15 not five um right. and <laughs> you know i think that 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 would be something that i think uh everyone can benefit from today not even even single guys who maybe want to be a dad one day i think it'd be a valuable thing to take uh, forward so that, that was my thought on a topic um i don't know if we need a guest for that one i think it'd be cool to just have us maybe talk about it and then maybe can revisit it in the future with someone who's maybe an authority on that type of thing but we'll see 
Well, one thing else I'd like to do is for our viewers to kind of be challenged with us. Uh, we want you guys to interact with us more and, and you know, let's set some goals together. And, you know, we always talk about one of our mottos is, you know, climbing the mountain of fatherhood together. Let's climb. Mm-hmm. Let's all start climbing together, man. Let's uh, let's read more books. Let's grow every, you know, we do this every two weeks. Two weeks is plenty of time to read a book uh, with us or to listen to it on a you know, car ride or whatever. There's no excuse for you guys not to, to grow with us. And let's let's improve each other's lives. If you guys have feedback on the show, if we can do something better, if, uh, you know, you can help us in any way, please don't hesitate to let us know. We, uh, we definitely want to start getting more user feedback. We want to get you guys involved in everything. And you can give us topics. Let's, uh, let's start doing that as well. You know, asking our guests, what do you guys want to see? What topics are near and dear to you? What stories are, are people that have stories do you want us yeah. to, to try to reach out to? Uh, because this is definitely something we want to grow and we want our viewers, you guys as fathers, to, to be on that mountaintop with us. We want you to see, um, you know, everything we see and, and share your thoughts with us. So uh, that would be my challenge to every one of you. Just go ahead and give a comment, drop a comment below. Yep. Or, you know, comment on any videos live and, and we will interact with you guys and, and try to figure something out. So this is a good plug to uh, subscribe to the channel. According to the analytics, about 60% of you have not subscribed, but you watch our stuff. So click the button. Uh, second, uh, we have a Discord. Join our Discord. That's probably the easiest way for you to maybe throw ideas out there or questions. Uh, we will be pretty, I'm pretty responsive to Discord because I, I have it ping me. Um, I don't have a lot of other things ping me like that. So that's a good one. Uh, comment on this video if you have things that you'd like to see coming in the year 2023. It's weird to say that out loud, but we are a mere two weeks away from 2023. So uh, comment. Uh, we have a Facebook group. We got an Instagram page, Twitter, all the socials, basically. Um, if it's out there, we'll I'll put the links in the description here. But um, yeah, that's 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 a challenge to the audience. Um, we'd, we'd love to make this uh, a growing, living uh, effort that is going to be beneficial to dads out there. Um, yeah. So thanks for bringing that up, Justin. I think I hit all the pluggy type things. Um, and, uh, we'll probably think about doing some giveaways here every, every now and then, uh, every so often, maybe, maybe once a quarter or something like that. So it, it behooves you and other people who might somewhat have interest in this to, uh, to maybe every now and then check in because there, there might be some goodies out there in the future, but it definitely um, is a goodie already <laughs> being stored. We are waiting. Yep. Yep. Uh, so pay attention. Oh, oh yeah. I like that. So, oh, um, so idea, Dustin, I, I think that we should kick off the new year with the personal review thing that that was your idea, right? So I, I agree. I think that'd be a great episode. We'll try and do that like the very first week of January. Um, and then once we've shown that format, maybe we can do a, a giveaway based off of if you want to do your own personal one. Um, maybe you don't feel comfortable posting that on YouTube or something, but if you join the Discord, maybe it's a little more private. You could PM us or something if you want. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll maybe think about putting something together for best personal reviews because I think that would be, um, like Dustin said, it's not a news resolution. It's a tangible, measured um, evaluation of your last year and so that you can identify ways to improve in 2023 so again it's weird to yeah, say that absolutely. but <laughs> i feel yeah. like when we were kids 2023 was like the futuristic timeline where all the post-apocalyptic movies you know uh were, were uh set in and here we are so hopefully it's not post-apocalyptic but yeah right 
<laughs> I'm waiting for the hoverboards from Back to the Future in the yeah, flying. I know. Cars. That was that was like two years. It's my hoverboard. Right? Yeah. No, so, yeah, um, they do have them now. Yeah, in the water ones. So one of the things we want to give you guys previews as far as um, some of the topics I'd like to cover personally in the next year is going to be uh, self-confidence. Uh, it's one of the things I personally have struggled with a lot, self-esteem and self-confidence. And there's a really good book by um, uh, Ed Milet. It's uh, Self-Confidence and Becoming the Best You. So that's a really good book. Um, there's also one uh, that I'd like to cover uh, that would be the topic would be based on growth, like we're talking about right now, um, you know. Um, it's John C. Maxwell and it's the 15 invaluable laws of growth. It is an amazing book. Um, I can't recommend it enough. And then one that's near and dear to my heart because of my son, uh, would be a book related to neurodivergency, uh, and ADHD specifically. Uh, there is a book, uh, Joanna brain it's ADHD raising an explosive child. And it's an incredible book, especially for dads that have to deal with ADHD. So, I feel like these topics would be uh, really, really, really good uh, to cover, especially for dads out there that deal with these things on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, self-confidence is one of the things that I've seen a lot of dads struggle with because they don't get the affirmation um, from people in their lives when they work hard and they provide and they do things. Um, I, granted, every dad should be a good dad. That's a normal expectation. But you know, appreciation and, and accomplishment should be, you know, spoken about. And I don't think a lot of dads get that. So having self-confidence from within and having the right reasons of why to do things, I think that's a really important topic that we should cover for dads. So I think it'll benefit you guys. And um, my goal for this next year is I promise to create as much value for you guys as possible. Um, that's just my main goal is anywhere I'm at, whether it's my with my kids, my wife, at work, I'm going to go above and beyond what's expected of me to create value. And that's what I promise you guys as, as the viewers and the listeners. Awesome. Uh, one, you, you know, you sparked one thing that we've, we've addressed before with, uh, uh, Dr. Bill Harley was, uh, you know, the appreciation and kind of, uh, acknowledgement, right. I think, uh, he, you know, he listed as one of the, the biggest needs for men, um, which, you know, I think most people don't realize that, how how far that really goes. You know, I, I even, my wife was like, well, you know, you know you're really good at all these things. I was like, yeah, but the only the only person in the world I want to have acknowledge that thing is you. <laughs> you know, no one else matters. Um, and she's like, oh, I never really thought about it that way. And so, it's I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but I, yeah, that, um, you know, so wives out there or girlfriends, whoever, you know, if you're out there listening to this, um, you know, tell tell your <clears throat> man, uh, if he does something really good, it means the world to us to just have that uh, acknowledgement. It may sound su stupid to you, but it, it it goes a long way. You know, we're we're simple creatures, right? We like to eat <laughs> eat good food, work out, and have someone tell us an attaboy. You know, um, so <laughs> I like a good old attaboy. Anyway, so Dustin, uh, you had some topics you were going to bring up. Yeah, um, the main one I want to do, and I think we talked about it a few months ago, and then didn't follow up on it. Um, I want us to challenge each other. Um, and our viewers uh, to some personal challenges. Um, so let's make the personal review. You know, the first challenge, be honest with yourself, take the time and, okay. uh, you know, really get after it. And then um, after that, uh, George, you know, you, um, you're my role model as far as eating healthy and, uh, you know, having the discipline that I, 
I don't feel like I have right now. And it's something that I really want to, you know, keep working on. So, you know, if I can challenge myself to do a fast that's longer than I've done before, you know, a two or three day fast or something along those lines would be a really interesting um, thing that we could all benefit from. So if we, uh, you know, as dads can can find a reasonable thing, where we, well, fasting maybe not a great example. We don't, we don't want unhealthy people not eating for a week. Right, so bad example right. there. But, yeah. uh, you know, if we can find some good challenges where we can say, okay, this is, uh, you know, specific goal that I want us all to get back better at and we can challenge each other to be better at this um, i think that can make next year a lot of fun okay and we got to keep okay. it smart right so uh well specific measurable actionable realistic, realistic and time bound time bound yeah is that right mm -hmm. is that the right i don't know if the a is correct the other four are right though specific measurable we'll, we'll find it nowhere we'll look it up yeah. all right okay. I, I got uh i got y'all's first challenge i challenge everybody here to read david goggins book get a good kick in the teeth right at the start of the year <laughs> Uh, it's called Never Finished. I promise finished. you. Okay. He talks about discipline. He talks about drive and motivation and how motivation is garbage. He talks about, you know, if you want to be good at something, okay, be good. But if you want to be great, it takes going beyond your 100%. You, when you're at your absolute breaking point, push even further and show yourself. Because if you stop at that point, you're just going to play to that point every single time. Yeah. And well, your oh boundary gosh, is that hundred percent. So unless you yeah. push it. And so, yeah, yeah he's, he's talks about boundaries and how breaking them is what makes you unique and what makes you great and makes you better at stuff. So let's push each other, fellas. Let's read that book, man. Well, would would you say you need to snow yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> snow yourself, please. <laughs> I'll take the tape off for you later, Dustin. <laughs> you just made me think of the, uh, the Darth Vader. Have you seen the meme where it's like, snow? <laughs> I'll find it. I'll find it. We'll play it. Hang on. I'm gonna go I got on a nice box here. I'm brother. gonna go on mute while I find it. You guys, you guys. Yeah. He went muted. <laughs> so yeah, no, but yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I'll tell you what. Like, if there's anybody who's ever motivated me, or like not motivated, but given me a good kick, swift in the butt, uh, kick in the butt. Excuse me. It would definitely be David Goggins, man. That man just gets it. I mean, the guy who's an ultra marathon runner runs 200 miles at a time. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's 300 plus pounds. And then now he's, you know, one of the most in shape people on the planet. Uh, and he talks about people he thinks are even crazier than he is. And, uh, it, it's, it's pretty inspiring, honestly, because, uh, I've got a little bit of a dad bod going on right now and I'm, I'm making excuses, <laughs> not getting up bug. and, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I got to get my run on. I miss running. I know a lot of people hate running George, for instance, cause it was a job, but, uh, and I, I don't have a hundred pound rucksack either, but, uh, I, I love, I just love running. So yeah, that's, that's definitely, I got my new, uh, my new beats in ear, ear, in ear noise canceling, uh, headset. I'm, I'm stoked, man. I got a, I got a lot to, to live up to. I got some changes myself. I know Dustin, you kind of, you admitted some things that are hard to admit. I've, I've got a lot of things I've got to work on in my household and, and for myself. So, um, I need some changes myself. I think that starts with mental health. Uh, you know, my, my mental health is probably not where it should be. I've been giving up too much to, to my career, to everything else and not enough to myself. And then just taking some time to, to kind of give me some love. And so, I think I'm uh, I'm really going to try to get that going and, and not find motivation, but find the discipline because George said it best. Discipline is where it's at. Motivation comes and goes. It's absolute BS. Uh, yeah. Discipline well, is what carries you through. It's kind of like the difference between like happiness and joy. Like joy is like a it's a, a permanent like commitment, 
like decision, whereas happiness is an emotion that's fleeting. Motivation is the same way, right? Like you you slept really good, you had a good meal or whatever, like, yeah, I'm gonna take on today. What if you didn't sleep good? Oh, uh just I don't feel like working out today or whatever. You know, I mean it's like motivation, yeah, it's great when you have it, but it's it's gone like that, right? So that's where the discipline yeah. the second motive anyone can do anything hard or whatever when they're motivated, but that's a temporary state of mind, temporary feeling. The second you're not motivated, that's where discipline exists. And if you have no discipline, you will never accomplish any goals. Maybe not never, but hardly ever accomplish any meaningful goals because you're not always gonna want to do it. You're not gonna feel good at least one day, yeah. right? So Yeah. 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 Anyway. I mean, uh, I guess another goal I would have, and, and this is the last thing I'll, I'll kind of admit to, but like we were talking about it earlier, like we were talking about discipline. Well, self-discipline is a big thing. And, and one of my downfalls is uh, letting people elicit a response from me. I, I've, I've got emotional intelligence. I know that I use it every day, but I let people get the best of me sometimes. And, and I'm the first person to just pop off. And I need to, I don't want my son being that person. I want my son to look at me and say, you know, dad's always calm and cool and collected. And for the most part, I am. I'm a very chill guy. But when it comes to certain things that rub me the wrong way, I'm very boisterous uh, just because I don't let things, I don't hold things in. But I, I need to kind of approach things differently. And I think, Dustin, you've kind of inspired me a little bit with what you admitted to. I, I think I've got to admit some truths to myself and do it, like you said, a review and and work on that. Um, I think I think that's a big thing for sure. Um, so, Thanks that's awesome, me. Justin. Yeah, yeah no, of course. That's uh, wow. That's huge. Yeah, because we all, as dads, have a lot to lose, you know. And someone's always going to have something nasty to say to us, and it's real tempting to, you know, throw some hands. And you know, you could, you can lose a lot in that kind of situation. You know? Try Jesus, don't yeah, try me. You know, <laughs> yeah, there I you mean, go. Because I throw hands. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Justin, I'm, I'm a lot like you too, right? I'm, I'm, I'm really passionate, really just like real fired up. Um, and I think it was actually not too long ago that I saw like a really very real world example of someone exercising that restraint and it, it really hit me and I was just like, okay, I, I need to really grow up in that way. Um, and it's, Absolutely. I'm not going to name anything. I'm not going to go into all the situation, but basically uh, a good friend of mine, um, a family member of his wife was just saying some outrageous things like to her face in front of everyone at, at a get together. Um, and he is a, he's like bigger than Dustin. Um, you know, very, very physically capable individual. I'll just put it that way. Didn't get angry. Didn't get his blood boil. He just calmly said, okay, I think that's enough. It's time to stop, you know, and just totally diffuse the situation. And I like, I thought for sure, I'm like, Oh, someone's going to die tonight. Like, you know I mean? I, I, cause he, it's like the yeah, green anyway. mile. <laughs> but in the moment, I was like, whoa, you know, because um, I probably wouldn't have been so cool <laughs> if it was if it, if it was my family, you know, someone saying it to my wife and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, that that was a learning moment for me. And this is maybe six, seven months ago or something like that. But um, yeah, that uh, that's definitely something kind of diffusing the fight or flight response and engaging your higher brain function. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, the there's a lot more at stake than, you know, there's not, more choices. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not, not teenagers. Just, I, you're not, you're not teenagers in the schoolyard anymore or whatever. Right. It's yeah. you're a dad, you have a job, you have, there's, there's people that depend on you. And if you say something poorly yeah. or um, yeah. do something poorly, it can have really long-term effects that affects a lot more than just you. So, well, um, let's, let's be real too. 
most of the times when people lose that temper, it's not going to be at those kind of grandiose situations. It's going to be at your kids when they sure. test you. Yeah. And you don't want to be the person that shuts your kids down and turns yeah. them to be peer oriented instead of parent oriented. Yeah. So you, you, you got to have an open line of communication. You have to keep the bond unsevered. And the only way you can do that is having emotional constraint. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a discipline, also, right? It's, right. A, it's a trained, right? It's a trained response, right? So if yeah. you, you, <laughs> that's why it's not easy. Is nope, you, have to, you have to untrain it's, the bad habit and, and retrain a new right. process. And, yeah. You're right, you got to realize it's, there's a different road to take. It's not yeah. let's slam the body or the soul out of this body next to me for saying what he said. It's it's let me show my son why I can be a good example mm-hmm. and show him how to handle things that can help him in the future. Because like violence can get you. Uh, I mean, it can get you killed. Honestly, these well, days, uh, people are crazy, man. The world. Sure, sure. Nuts. But again, nine times out of 10, especially with two kids, it's going to be your kids that test your patience more than anybody else. And so. One of the other books that I, uh, I, I do want to mention is uh, or topics that I'd love to talk about is ego. Mm. Men are very uh, egotistical, uh, ego driven. And what? there's a book uh, by Ryan Me? Holiday. Ryan Holiday no. made a book called Ego is the Enemy. And it is. I'm going to miss that episode. <laughs> <laughs> you need the accountability. We all do. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But anyways. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's emotional okay. control is tough, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, B. That's a, that'd be a good topic, man. I'd like to yeah. delve into that. Yeah, that's a great one. Ego is the enemy. Yeah, it's good. All right, well, we, we're growing the list here. We need to... I, I forgot to take notes. I haven't been taking live notes. I got so it. To, I, I got it. I got it. Yeah, we'll like get this we're making now, a video or something that we yeah. can rewatch, you know? Nope, I don't know. Nope. <laughs> it, can never get it back. That's right. Sarcasm. Can never get it back. It's a second language. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I'm excited about Christmas. Uh, I hope our you as our viewers are excited uh, as well to to continue this journey with us and you know climb higher. Let's uh, let's hit some summits, man. Let's let's do some big things, make some big changes. Um, I think on that note, George, you want to lead us out, man? Uh, not quite yet, Dustin. So okay. when you were kind of talking about you know the discipline on like diet stuff and everything. Maybe we, we kind of had a fitness episode a little bit. It was very like broad generic. Maybe let's go into, uh, we could do another one specific to kind of the, the discipline around diet and things like that. Um, oh, that, that'd be hugely beneficial. Yeah. And like maybe what we can do is just, I'll just talk through like what I do, um, as kind of like the f- starting template and then you guys can shoot holes in it or, um, get feedback from, others or the audience or whatever. And, um, yeah, I mean, but I, it sounded like brand, you know, we were talking about it today via text and stuff, Brandon, it sounded like you were, Hey, like I, I might want to try that. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor, so obviously disclaimers out there. It's just, you know, one guy who drags his knuckles around and works out, uh, what's, what works for me. So, you know, if you have serious, like metal medical issues or whatever, you need to go like see an actual professional about that. Not me, but, um, for assuming, just general health. Uh, maybe that could be a good episode we do relatively early in the year too. Cause I think it, what I've learned too, um, is not that you have to like have this super elaborate diet with, you know, tracking all these numbers and things like that. It's more about the little disciplines, like at the store, not buying the sugar at the store, not buying the dessert or whatever. Right only getting the things so that when you're at home and you're like, Oh man, I really want a snack. The only snack is like something that's not really bad for you. So, um, I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. Maybe there's, there's little things like that. I think that would be 
um, valuable potentially. So I don't know if that would help you, Dustin, but we could, it, it sounded like you were kind of going down that way, but um, yeah. I'm on the, uh, the sad diet, the standard American yeah. diet yeah. and it's not great. Nope. Um, so it's, it's time for a change. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. The other, you know, and the other thing that to just go off on a little bit of a tangent there that really like got me even thinking about it more was um, not just cause I was like, okay, I need to like dial it in and, Get, get a little bit better back on track because the last couple of months haven't been so good in terms of me just fitness wise and stuff. But uh, I watched that show with my wife on uh, it's like this National Geographic. I think it's Disney Plus or something. I forget which one of the many 50 streaming services out there. But it's Chris Hemsworth and it's called Limitless. Uh, it's Disney Plus. Yeah. And uh, I think it's like five, six episodes. But each one he's trying to like. Uh, Long story short, he did this huge test, and he has he has a genetic factor that he's like way more likely to get Alzheimer's, like way 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 beyond like the average person. So he was like, "Oh well, okay, I need to like really take my health seriously for longevity." Not you know he's he's obviously a very healthy individual, right? I mean, yeah, he's Thor, <laughs> and know? he also like, has a like I well, want to look has... like him, you know. Um, but it was really interesting to see all these different episodes and how, um there's there's things that we can all do kind of in our data we don't have to go to these big extremes like you did for the show but there's there's some little disciplines we can all impact in different areas of our lives that have massive um impacts on long-term health and i'm not talking about like how strong you are it's uh cellular regeneration and um you know just there's all these things it's, it's kind of like a domino effect if you have like one you know, one unhealthy thing, it kind of triggers a bunch of other unhealthy things. And so it's kind of breaking those chains and kind of restarting your body. Um, and the way we live today in the modern world with technology and we're comfortable in offices and stuff, you know, we don't um, push our bodies and get outside in ways that, you know, historically humans have on this earth. So there's a lot of things that you have to be very disciplined about now because it's not like everyone does it. It's it's kind of a little bit of a weird thing to do. and um, to your point, Dustin, it needs to be smart, right? You need to you need to hold yourself accountable, get other people involved if you have to. Um, so yeah, I think we could have a really good kind of discussion on that one, kind of just free form. But that kind of kick started that in my head when I was watching that show. Yeah, and I was like, okay, yeah, that I, I knew some of the stuff that they'd gone into. I'd kind of learned that myself, but to have it reinforced on that show, and they they really go into the science of it too. It wasn't just like you know, it wasn't some stupid little show where it was like a reality thing. It was very very measured and and uh well know, thought chris out. is yeah chris is a absolute monster to, to speak on i mean you said he's thor but like outside of thor he he works out and he has a um an actual workout program and it's got like nutrition and everything involved and and uh i followed one of his buddies who is uh, the nutrition guy on it uh there's there's the link right there but that's his program it's called center and let me tell you, man, he's got some guys that would do the workouts. They're unbelievably in shape and they can take you from mush to, you know, solid Greek God. So, uh, and it's not bad. I, I've got a few friends who've tried the program, really loved it. I have not, unfortunately I need to, uh, but yeah, no, that'd be a great one to, the, to look at if you guys are looking for options for a good plan. Cause, uh, it gives you everything you need to be successful. So, you know, speaking of Hemsworth, there's voila. You know, there's a there's an answer to that, but all righty. Uh, any last thoughts from anyone? Did we did we spawn uh, another thread? Yeah, actually, I, I do want to say one thing. We're talking about giveaways. I actually am going to give something away. Uh, I will figure out what that will be, 
but whoever gives us the best topic for us to cover, whoever does that in the coming months, I promise I'll make it worth your while. We're going to get you guys totally good. subjective uh, as voted on by us. So <laughs> for sure, <laughs> not legally binding, but yeah, it will be yeah. a giveaway. All right. So yeah. Uh, Leave your thoughts for topics you'd like to see in 2023 in the comments uh, or on our Discord or Twitter. In, basically anywhere, just tag us at you know the Present Fathers or whatever um, so that we get the notification and the topic you'd like to see. And we'll, uh, we'll kind of compile what those are and we'll, we'll vote amongst us and uh, reach out to the lucky winner in the, the coming, say, maybe month and a half, given, not, given time frame here with the holidays, on what that'll look like. So deep, more details to follow. We'll, we'll publish it all out uh on all our socials so that you have the details but you can get a head start right now by posting about what you'd like to see in 2023 and with that i think we're gonna call it a wrap so uh let's just recap real quick merry christmas to everyone have a happy new year spend time with your families uh cherish this time be present with your kids with your family with your friends if you can't be with them uh give them a call something like that i know a lot of people are either deployed or working you know if you're EMS and fire and things like that. You're probably working over the holidays. Um, so just, you know, thank you to all of those who who continue to work and kind of keep us all safe. And, and uh, even if it's not something as glorified as the military or service, if you're still unable to be with your family due to having a job and things like that, um, thank you for working and being committed. And, uh, you know, hopefully you can make up for it on the back end. And, uh, the final thing that we would implore everyone is to consider either volunteering or donating to St. Jude. I uh, want to huge, give a huge shout out to Scott for his time tonight, sharing Absolutely. his story. Um, just really incredible that uh, not only was he a, a patient back in the 90s at St. Jude, but uh, now does a lot of great work with them uh, in his professional career and uh, the legacy that he's leaving as well as everyone that he works with. So. Uh, in this Christmas season, if you feel so inclined, please give to St. Jude. Um, I think I can speak for everyone here. We're, we're probably going to do the same ourselves. And uh, it's a, a great organization. It's great to hear Scott speak tonight. And we'll definitely want to have him back when he's got a little bit more time. Um, hopefully, they're having a good drive right now. So, gentlemen, great episode. Good to see you all. I, I, we're, we're all finally back. I feel like we've all been spread to the four winds in the last couple episodes. So we are all Absolutely. got the, the band back together right before the end of the year. This concludes the final episode of 2022. You can find us in 2023 with our next episode that will cover personal reviews. Dustin will share a template. Uh, we'll put that on Twitter and stuff, and uh, we'll, we'll roll with that. So have a great Christmas, everyone. Have a happy new year. And we will see you in the next year. Take care. Take care, guys. See ya. Merry One Christmas. One second. I'm really bad Merry at Christmas. this. I got to get the video back. <laughs> Here we go. Thanks for watching this episode of the Present Fathers Podcast. Please be sure to like this video, subscribe to our channel, and turn on notifications so you can know when we go live next. Also be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and our Discord channel. It's our desire to grow this fathership together and support dads out there. If you think this channel would be beneficial to someone you know, please share it with them. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.